Hello, everybody. Welcome to Transformations Podcast, and Happy New Year's Eve, you guys. It's going to be 2023 very soon. Okay, great. So I am going to summarize the book of Job. There's going to be many, many parts because there's just so much to unpack in this book. It is such an incredible book. I love how the book of Job addresses suffering. It is definitely, it is not definitely 100% because of our sin. And Satan also causes suffering. There are many scriptures that address how we should think and reflect and respond to suffering. I recommend studying out what, what, how we need to think and respond to suffering. It is extremely faith-building. Job was blameless, upright, fear God, and shun evil in chapter 1, verse 1. He had seven sons and three daughters and was very wealthy. In verses 2 and 3. Joel walked up early in the morning to sacrifice burnt offerings for each and every one of his children just in case they cursed God. And it was a regular custom in verse 5. God tells Satan the following about Job. Verse 8. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is none on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. End quote. Satan has the following response in verse 9. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Verse 10. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has you have blessed the work of his hands so that the his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land verse 11 but now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to his face end quote i love god's response in verse 12 the Lord said to Satan, Very well then, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. End quote. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Job loses his children, his wealth, and his servants. I love Job's response in verse 20, 21, and 22. At this, Job got up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. And he fell to the ground and worshipped. He fell to the ground in worship. Verse 21. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In in verse 22. And all this Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. End quote. Job praised God, and Satan said he would curse God. I want to have the same response when I'm going through trials. God said the following to Satan in chapter 2, verse 3. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is none on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. End quote. Satan gave the following response, verse 4. Skin for skin, Satan replied. A man will give all he has for his own life, verse 5. But now stretch your hand out and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face, end quote. God said the following response, verse 6. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, he is in your hands, but you must spare his life, end quote. I can see the grief in God in verse 3. And I can see that God puts a limit on what Satan can do in verse 6. Joel's life needed to be spared. God is so faithful. Satan is the one that causes us to suffer. It is extremely troubling that Joel's wife said the following in verse 9. His wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your interrogating? Curse God and die. Joel replied and said the following in verse 10. He replied, You are talking like a foolish woman 
Shall we accept good for God and not trouble? End quote. In all of this, Job did not sin in what he said. We may have people that want us to drift from our faith or mourn so heavily that they try to influence us to go away from God. We cannot let it. Job's wife was obviously grieving, but but then try to but it was directed from God. The suffering was directed from God. I love that Job said what what he said to his wife. If Haz, Bilidad, and Zophar heard about what happened to Job, those are his three friends. They wanted to sit with him, sympathize, and comfort him. When they saw him, they could barely recognize him, began to weep, tore their robes, sprinkled dust on their heads, sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights, and did not say anything to him because they saw how great his suffering was. In verses 11 through 13. In chapter 3, Job responded in deep anguish, even resenting his life. Verses 1 through 4, 7 through 8, 11, 16, and other verses in this chapter. It ends with the following verses. Verses 24, 25, and 26. For sign has become my daily food, my groan pour out like water. What I have feared has come upon me. What I have dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness, no rest, but only turmoil. The, end quote. The next series of chapters are going to be interactions between Job and his friends. I will only discuss or read verses that has really popped up at me. I recommend reading the chapters with the exact interactions between Job and his friends. In chapter 4, Isavah speaks. He says the following in verse 4. Your words have supported those who stumbled. You have strengthened faltering knees. 5. But now trouble comes to you and you are discouraged. It just strikes you and you have you are dismayed verse 6 should your pity be your confidence and your blameless ways your hope it's verse 7 consider now who is being innocent has ever perished where the upright ever destroyed verse 8 as i observed those who plow evil and those who solve trouble reap it verse 17 can a mortal be more righteous than god can a strong man be more pure than his maker End quote. I absolutely love verse 6, 17. It is so true. However, Ephesus was wrong because sin does not always mean that they will be suffering. Suffering happens to good people too because we are in a fallen world. I love how it described Job to supporting people who stumbled, strengthened, uh, strengthened. I love how Job, how it described Job supporting people who stumbled, strengthened faltering knees and feeble hands and instructed many in verses three to four job wasn't only a righteous man but a given man i want to be known for how much i give and serve other people i need to work on this with a more joyful heart if believes that god does not allow innocent people to suffer in verse seven and that the guilty and that everyone who's guilty is everyone is guilty compared to god's purity in verse 17 and chapter five he continues. I love that he says some of the following. Verse 2. Resentment kills a fool. The envy slays the simple. Verse 8. But if I were you, I will appeal to God that I will lay my cause before him. Verse 9. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed and miracles that cannot be counted. End quote. He describes the many wonderful qualities of God in, the ver- in verses 10 to 15 and 19 and 20. He mentions this as well. Verse 17 and 18. Blessed is the one who God corrects, so do not despise the discipline of the Almighty, verse 18. For he wounds, he, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal, and end quote. 
And if Job admits that he did wrong, God will restore everything to him in verse 19. I would like to have this attitude when it comes to suffering. It does not automatically mean that I did something wrong, but I should analyze and see what areas in my life that is not pleasing to God. But trust that if I am good, that God would deliver God would deliver me after his will is accomplished in my life. In chapter 6, Job responds with some of the following. Verse 2. If only my anguish could be weighed and all my misery be placed on scales. 8. Oh, that I may might have my request that God would grant what I hope for. 9. That God will be willing to crush me, to let loose his hand and cut off my life. 10. Then I will still have this consolation, my joy of unrelented pain, that I have not denied the words of the Holy One. End quote. Job is insulted in verse 15. He tells his friend that he has proved to be no help in verse 21 and tells him to show him where he has been wrong in verse 24. And that after that, teach him and he'll be quiet in verse 24. Job ends with the following. Verse 30. Is there any wickedness on my lips? Can my mouth not discern malice? End quote. Job wants his name to be cleared in verses 20 to 29 and that he did no wrong. In chapter 7, Job says some of the following, verse 11. Do not mortals have hard surface on the earth? Are not their days like those of hired workers? Verse 11. Therefore, I would not keep silent. I would speak out of anguish of my spirit. I would complain in the bitterness of my soul. Verse 17 and 18. What is mankind that you make so much of them, that you give them so much attention, that you examine them every morning and test, their, test them every moment? Verse 20 and 21. If I have sinned, what have I done to you, you who see everything we do? Why have you made me your target? Have I become a burden to you? I have become a burden to myself. Why do you not pardon my offenses and forgive my sins? For I will soon lie down in the dust. You will search for me, but I will be no more. End quote. Job is extremely honest with his feelings and does not hold back. I love that Job is not disrespectful or does not deserve God, but he's honest with his feelings. I do not have to sin in my anger or sadness and loneliness or any other unpleasant emotions. I can be like Job and be honest with my feelings and struggles righteously. Job had questions and doubts and despaired his situation and circumstances. In this chapter, Job speaks directly to God in verse 11 and feels that his suffering will kill him in verse 6. I can relate to feeling that way too when I have trials and suffering in life. Job feels like in verse 20 that there is no clear reason for his suffering. In chapter 8, Bill Dodd says some of the following, verse 2. How long will you say such things? Your words are like a blistering wind. But if you see God earnestly and plead with the Almighty, verse 6, if you are pure and upright, even now he will rose himself on your behalf and restore you to your prosperous state. 8. Ask the formal generations and find out what their ancestors learned. 9. For we were born only yesterday and know nothing, and our days on earth are but a shadow. 13 and 14. Such is the destiny of all who forget God, so perishes the hope of the godless. What they trust is in what they trust in is fragile. What they rely on is a spider's web. <laughs> wow. Um verse 20 surely god does not reject the one who is blameless or strengthen the hands of evildoers he is not wrong in talking the past generation's sins and god's faithfulness and righteousness of god's righteousness of people 
But it does not mean that since you are righteous, you will have no troubles. We live in a fallen world and sin truly damages. Think about the time you hurt someone un unintentionally. We are all broken people in a broken world and Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Bildad feels that God is always just and would never let innocent people suffer in verse 3. And if Job is innocent, he would not be suffering in verses 6 and 20. Job must be rejecting God, and that's why he is suffering in verse 13. That's how he feels. In chapter 9, Job feels that mortals cannot prove their innocence to God, verse 2. God in his wisdom is too powerful, and no one can stand up to God's question in verses 3 and 4. Job mentions the amazing qualities about God in verses 5 through 13. He doubts that God will hear him in verse 16. He mentions more qualities about God in verses 17 through 19. I love his words about God and how limited men are compared to God in this chapter. Worthwhile read indeed. Also, if God wanted, he can condemn Job even in his innocence. That was in verse 28. No man can argue with God and win. Verse 32. Job is not rolling his thinking. I completely agree. However, Job mistakenly assumes that he knows God's motives in verse 13. I love how in chapter 10, it has a similar style of writing in chapter 9. The verses that stood out to me in the chapter are the following. Verse 1. I love my very life. Therefore, I will free reign to my complaint and speak out on the bitters in my soul i say to god do not declare me guilty but tell me what charges you have against me 15 if i am guilty woe to me even if i'm innocent i cannot lay my head for i am full of shame and and drowned in my affliction in chapter 7 zophar speaks in verse 2 verse 4 you say to god my beliefs are flawless and i'm pure in your sight Oh, verse 5. Oh, how I wish God would speak, that he will open up his lips against you, 6, and disclose to you the secrets of wisdom, for true wisdom has two sides. Know this, God is, has even forgotten some of your sins, 7. Can you falter the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? 8. They were higher than the heavens above. What can you do? They are deeper than the depths below. What can you know? 13. Yet, if you devote your heart to him and stretch out your hands to him. 14. If you put away your sin that is, is in your hand and allow no evil to be in your tent. 15. Then free of fault, you will lift up your face. You will stand firm and do not fear. 16. You will surely forget your trouble, recalling it only as the water has gone by. 17. Life will be brighter than noonday, and darkness will be like morning. 18. You will be secure because there is hope. You will look about you and take your rest in safety. 19. You will lie down with no one to make you afraid, and many will court in your favor. End quote. These are great verses to review when struggling with sin, but I personally do not agree with saying this to Job. It is hurtful that Zophar feels that Job did not get did, did not get as much suffering as he deserves. That's just harsh. I'm sorry. In verse six, and if and feels that if Job would stop his sin and sins, God would give him back everything he lost. In verses fourteen to fifteen, in chapter twelve, I love that Job says some of the following: verse two, three, four. Doubtless you are the only people who matter, and wisdom would die with you. But I have in mind as well as you, I am not inferior to you. Who does not know all of these things? I have become a laughingstock to my friends, though I called on God and he answered. A mere laughingstock, though righteous and blameless. What he tears down cannot be rebuilt. Those he imprisons cannot be released. If he holds back waters, there is a drought. If he lets them loose, they devastate the land. 
Job, that's in verse 14 and 15. Um, Job knows all of this and is not inferior to his friends. It makes me think of the importance of being righteous more than being right. Um, Job, his friends are saying the right things with the wrong circumstances. If they simply... If they simply focus on being righteous, they have, would have prayed and fasted with him or helped him through it instead of constantly accusing him and saying facts that he knows already. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just what I got from it. I'm sorry. I agree with what his friends are saying, but I do not believe it is the righteous thing to do. I can understand Job's frustration. In chapter 13, Job continues, verse 2. What you know, I also know, like I said, I am not inferior to you. Verse two, but I desire to speak to the Almighty and to argue my case to God with God. Verse four, you, however, smear me with lies. You are worthless physicians, all of you. Verse 15, though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. 27. You fasten my feet in shackles. You keep close watching all my paths. I put in marks on the soles of my feet. 28. So man wastes away like something rotten, like a garment eaten by moths. End quote. Job mistakenly feels like God is overly critical in verse 25 and 26. He accuses God of being part of the problem in verse 25. So Job wasn't perfect. I love when Job says in chapter 14, Verse 16, surely then you count my steps, but do not track, keep track of my sins. 17, my offenses will be sealed up in the bag and you cover over my sin, end quote. Again, I can understand in the last three chapters, Joel's mentioned his frustrations with his friends and giving God the glory and respect while acknowledging his feelings, but also maintaining his in- innocence. Joel questions God's fairness and feels like God is eroding his hope in verse 19. Joel maintains his innocence in verse 16, it wants the relationship with God to be restored again in verses 14 and 15, which is so beautiful that he wants that. Job is also confident that his that his innocence will be sustained and his sins will be covered and forgotten in Job 16 and 17. Therefore, Job wasn't perfect, but I am so proud of him for fighting and going to God with his emotions and striving to speak with his friends. He does not curse God and dies. Job knows that God takes and gives, and we worship God in the good and the bad. That is also mentioned in the previous chapters. In chapter 15, Ebenhaz believes that Job's words alone is is getting rid of his integrity and part of his sin in verses 4 and 5. Job wants proof that Ephahaz believes that Job's words alone proves that he is in sin. Verse 6. Ephahaz mentions in chapter about the destiny of the wicked as well. Also in verse 25. I love that this chapter said the following. Verse 14, 15, 16. What are mortals that, that they can be pure or those born of women that they can be righteous? If God places no trust in his holy ones, if even the heavens are not pure in his eyes how much less mortals who are bound corrupt who drink up evil like water let him not deceive himself by trusting what is worthless for he would get nothing in return thank you so much for listening to transform my podcast and i hope you have a great day bye for now